It is Friday the 13th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 15 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On Draft Sharks, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. I will add some showdown notes over the weekend. And you can get access to all that, plus all the DS Insider content for free. If you head over to iTunes, give us a podcast rating and review. Screenshot it, send it to us at info at DraftSharks.com. We'll hook you up with Insider Access the rest of the way. Also on DraftSharks.com, you'll be able to check the free post for this podcast come Saturday morning. And you can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in round 15 of the Shark Duel. Jared took me down again this week, or last week, I guess I should say. Uh, Closing the gap still for the season, Jared, what worked out for you? Uh, Steelers defense again, another 18 points for them. Unfortunately, they're not on the main slate this week, so we can't play them. Deshaun Watson ended up with 30 points. Don't feel like he deserved it based on how he played. A lot of garbage time stuff there, but he ended up paying off. Um, Just pretty solid roster overall, I think, besides Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I've been struggling the past couple of weeks. Uh, probably uh, not spending as much time building my lineups as I should. My The big mistake for Week 14 was obviously the Bucks defense. I did such a good job building the case for it that I bought in completely, and it let me down everywhere that I used it. Otherwise, I just got floor performances from Leonard Fournette, Devontae Adams, Jamison Crowder, Mike Jacecki. I think Fournette among those was probably the worst play. Uh, just ignoring the potential for a, a saggy Jaguars team to hurt his opportunity. Yeah, that's definitely on my mind as I'm, you know, building lineups this week. Um, I don't know the his price on FanDuel um, and you know the volume he's still getting. I, I don't think it was a horrible play. Well, thank you. We'll both be back at it for Week 15. We will show you who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com come Saturday morning. For now, Jared, tell me who I should be playing a quarterback in cash this week. I'll be playing Dak Prescott for seven eight hundred bucks. He he's the top dollars per point value at quarterback by a pretty comfortable margin based on our projections and his price tag here. Um, the, the matchup isn't ideal for Dak. You know the Rams are ninth in Football Outsiders pass defense rankings. They're thirteenth in fantasy points in a uh, Fanduel points allowed to quarterbacks. But Dak's just been so good at home all season. He's averaging three hundred fifty one passing yards and two point three touchdowns per game at home. He's scored twenty one plus Fando points in all six of those of those home games. And three of those home games have come against defenses ranked top 12 in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, the Packers, Vikings, and Bills. So he's done it in tougher matchups. I just like this Rams-Cowboys game in general. I'll be you know using a lot of pieces from this game. It has the big 49-point over-under. Both these teams are top four in situation-neutral pace, so it's going to be a fast-paced game, lots of plays. I expect lots of points. I can't argue with Dak Prescott. I do think that Ryan Tannehill might be the safer play this week because of their respective matchups. First of all, Tannehill... If you sort by just points per game on FanDuel, Tannehill sits a solid 10th among quarterbacks in that category, but he's averaging 22.6 FanDuel points as a starter. That number would rank second at the position behind only Deshaun Watson by seven tenths of a point, four tenths ahead of Dak Prescott. 
uh, for the season so far. So Tannehill's been good, as we know already. And Houston's defense is much worse than the Rams are at this point. Uh, Drew Locke last week was the seventh quarterback in the past nine games to throw at least three touchdown passes against the Texans. Ramsey has toughened up lately, so I think there's a little bit more downside to Dak. Not saying that I disagree with playing him even on the cash side, though. And even that tougher defense, we, we watched Lamar Jackson blow him up for not just rushing yards, but also five touchdown passes at their place. Yeah, I have no issue with Tannehill. I think he's underpriced based on, like you said, the matchup and just how good he's been. I just think Dak is, you know, $500 underpriced as well. What about Turney said? Eli Manning, 6800 bucks, And, you know, it, it's mostly a price play. You know, Eli and the guys you can stack him with are cheap. So I think, you know, it, it lets you do a lot with the rest of your roster. Um, you know, Eli was fine in that game against the Eagles. You know, it was kind of a sloppy, rainy game. He did have the two touchdowns. Played okay, I think. Um, but, you know, this week he's at home for the Dolphins. And, you know, you know the Dolphins dead last in Football Outsiders pass defense, DVOA. Miami's allowed multiple touchdown passes in 11 of 13 games. If you can get two touchdowns even out of Eli at this price, I think, you know, there's a good chance he pays off for you if you hit the other spots in your lineup. Yeah, I will be talking about Eli probably against my own will on the other show. Uh, I like Dak better on this side, I think, than I do – for cash. As I mentioned, I think there is some downside risk to the Rams. Mostly I, I like him though. He and the receivers have been terrific in home games dating back to last season when Amari Cooper arrived. And the QB ownership looks spread around this week. Surprisingly low projection for Dak Prescott right now. He'll, he'll come up some, but I don't think that he's going to head for the top of the position. Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson look like they're going to lead the group. Nobody is currently at or above 10%. I, I love the stacking options with Dak Prescott. You get Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup, or you could even take a shot with Ezekiel Elliott, who's seen 10 or five, 10 and five targets the past two games. He's currently under 10% projected ownership. Amari Cooper's sitting at 5.4% right now. I know that he's likely headed for lots of Jalen Ramsey in this game, but I mean, Amari Cooper has lit up almost everybody in Dallas since he became a Cowboy. So I'm overlooking his matchup and certainly looking at him as I build tournament lineups this week. Yeah, and I still think Randall Cobb is the the you know sneakiest stack with Dak Prescott. He's only 5,400 bucks on Fanduel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've seen him have have big games pretty recently. Um, you know, if I'm using Dak in tournaments, I definitely will be. I'm gonna I'm gonna stack him with with two of his wide receivers. All right, uh, running back, you can't not play Chris Carson in cash, right? Yeah, he is my cash game guy. Um, easily the top dollars per point value. Everything coming together for him here. Rashad Penny out for the season. In the four games Rashad Penny didn't play this season, Carson averaged 20.5 carries and 3.5 targets per game. I think, you know, that's the type of volume you should expect this week. And he gets the Panthers, you know, dead last in Football Outsiders run defense rankings. Um, over the last three weeks, the Panthers have allowed 6.9 yards per carry and six touchdowns to running backs. Yeah, I mean, really, it's a spot where Carson should at the very least, have a very good game unless he gets hurt. So it's hard to find an argument against him at all. Even I, I don't even care what the own rate's going to be on him because it will be high. I'll throw in Todd Gurley as well at 7,600. You know, if we're going to pay for running backs and pay anything, you know, in the 7K range or above, then we want touch certainty. And there aren't too many running backs with better touch certainty than Todd Gurley right now. 28, 9, 20 and 27 opportunities over the past four. That nine that stands out came in the blowout loss to the Ravens. I can certainly see the Cowboys winning this game. I don't think that it's going to turn into a runaway Cowboys victory here. So I don't think 
that there's much concern for the game getting away from Todd Gurley. The Cowboys arrive as a middling run defense and really a declining defense overall. So again, I think this is going to be a close game. I think Todd Gurley will be heavily involved and the Rams are clearly leaning on him much more now than they were earlier in the season. Yeah, and Gurley to me has just looked better these last two games. Like he he didn't seem like himself earlier in the season. I don't know what happened, but lately he's looked you know closer to the version we saw of him the previous two seasons. And I think Pro Football Focus agrees. Um, Gurley's received some of his highest grades of the season over these last four weeks. Yeah, maybe the Rams just managed him correctly when yep. we were wondering why he wasn't getting the ball more. Yep, seems like it. Tournament side, what you got? Um, I like Josh Jacobs for tournaments. He's 7700 bucks, so he's not cheap. You know, He's dealing with the shoulder injury. We're not even 100% sure he's going to play in this game yet, but I, it seems to be trending that way. Um, and you know, he, he'd been playing through this shoulder injury since week seven. He'd been playing well. He'd been getting the ball. In, in the six games following that week seven game, Jacobs averaged 18.2 carries and 2.2 targets per game. So he, he was still getting plenty of volume. He was producing. So I think, you know, there's a good chance he gets back to that, assuming he plays on Sunday. And he gets Jacksonville, who, you know, at this point, it's Jacksonville and Carolina as the two worst run defenses in the NFL. Um, Jacksonville's allowed 6.3 yards per carry, eight rushing touchdowns to running backs over the last four games. Yeah, he basically scored if you touched the ball against them last week in their loss to the Chargers. So it's scary to play Josh Jacobs with the injury because I don't know about I don't know what the chances are that he gets pulled early. But, you know, the other side of that is if he carries 17 times or so, he could score twice and it, it won't matter. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's tournament only. And, and again, the fact that he was playing through the injury already makes me feel better about him. Yeah, and the injury likely brings him down to, I don't know, 10%, maybe lower ownership from he would probably be like a 20 to 25% guy if you were healthy. Right, yeah, for sure. I'm going to take a shot on Ronald Jones strictly in a tournament okay. lineup for 5800 bucks. He still started last week against the Colts, played three fewer snaps than Peyton Barber, but ma- matched Peyton Barber in pass routes, but beat Peyton Barber by three targets, tied Dari Ogunbowale in targets in that game. It's a high ceiling spot this week. They're at Detroit, the third best matchup for running backs, according to our adjusted fantasy points allowed. We've got a deteriorating Lions defense. Middle linebacker Jared Davis looks like he'll probably miss the game. They're shifting things around on the defensive line. Guys, playing time is changing for the starters up there. And then we've got Jameis Winston's thumb, which should motivate Tampa Bay to run the ball more if it can manage to do so. Obviously, the question here is, Who gets those touches if Ronald Jones does something stupid in the game to get himself pulled and get somebody else the ball? But at 5,800 bucks, I will take a shot on him, staying in there, not screwing up a blitz pickup, getting some carries and scoring. I won't be doing it, but yeah, I mean, I I guess the arguments make sense. (laughs) Thank you. That's all I'm going for. (laughs) Wide receiver, who's your cash player? Um, Chris Conley for me. I, I've talked about a lot of expensive guys so far, so we got to save money somewhere. Chris Conley at $5,100 on FanDuel. DJ Chark has been ruled out for this game against the Raiders. Chark has averaged 8.2 targets per game this season, so he, he leaves behind you know, a lot of volume. Conley's averaged a decent 5.5 targets per game. You know, If you give him an extra couple, you know that, that's good volume for this price tag. Matchup's good, too, obviously, against the Raiders. They're 22nd in FanDuel points allowed to wide receivers. Yep, I'm fine with Conley. I'll be mentioning him on the DraftKings show. Keenan Allen at 6800 bucks leads our FanDuel dollars per point rankings this week. The only cheaper option within 11 spots of him is Conley, who you mentioned. I do think Keenan Allen is certainly a safer bet, even relative to salary. 
and, and really most other guys near him are in the 7K or 8K range for salary. So Keenan Allen's relatively cheap for his range. Four straight games of five-plus receptions and at least 68 yards. So a nice floor there. Minnesota is the fifth best scoring matchup for wide receivers by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. And, and Allen comes with a, a shockingly low ownership projection. I, you know, I'm not, I don't think that matters a whole lot for this, but if you are playing a larger field 50-50 and you get a good Keenan Allen game and most of the field doesn't have him, it's certainly not going to hurt you. Yeah, to me, I mean, when I when I find someone I like in cash and I see he's going to be a little owned, that, that just makes me love him as a tournament play. So I think you, you use Keenan Allen in tournaments too. Well, I've got a different guy there. Who do you like for tournaments? So Cooper Cup is, I think, a, a lower-owned guy I'm going to be using in this Rams-Cowboys game. You know, everyone at this point has probably heard about his snaps last mm-hmm. week being way down. You know, I think it was 29% of the snaps he played only. He's projected at 4.5% ownership. No, no one's going to want to play him, especially at this price tag after his limited playing time last week. I think there's a good chance that he gets back closer to his usual role in this game, especially if it turns into a shootout in Dallas. And it's a great matchup in the slot for Cooper Cup. The Cowboys have been have been using Jordan Lewis as their primary slot cornerback. Over the last three weeks, he's allowed 15 catches on 18 targets for 236 yards and two touchdowns. Gave up a big game to Julian Edelman, a big game to Cole Beasley. Anthony Miller scored against Jordan Lewis last week. So, you know, again, if Cup gets the playing time that he usually gets, I think I think he's in for a big game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Cup because I started writing him down and then did somebody else. But I, I think it's a good spot for him, as you mentioned. Even if the use the usage doesn't get back to where it was in the first half of the season, he still caught 16 of his 20 targets over the past three weeks. So he can be an efficient player even in less use. And if this does turn into a shootout, I mean, we've seen the ultimate ceiling that comes with Cooper Cup. It could be a, a week-winning kind of upside day for him. Cowboys overall, not just week against the slot, but overall are 24th in pass defense, and they just allowed three touchdown passes to Mitchell Trubisky. Yep. I have Mike Williams at 6200 bucks. The ownership projection is not reacting to him finally finding the end zone last week. It's not reacting to his matchup. He has averaged 28.9 yards per catch since week eight. He has averaged 17.5 yards per target. Both of those numbers lead the league by a healthy margin. And, and I'm talking just guys with 20-plus targets. He, he's well ahead of everyone else in that group over that span. The Vikings rank as a top-six scoring matchup versus both outside receiver spots. So they are one of the most friendly teams in the league to outside receivers specifically. That's where Mike Williams will be. He has been seeing downfield stuff every single week from Phillip Rivers, who loves doing that. And they're home underdogs to Minnesota this week, despite that blowout loss or that blowout win at Jacksonville last week. So that should help the target count. The question for Mike Williams, of course, is the target count, but I think he's better set up to get looks this week than he was last week or, or most recent weeks. Right. Yeah. The Vikings still much tougher against the run than the past. So it makes sense for the chargers to go a bit more pass heavy here. So yeah, I like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen as, as tournament plays. Mm -hmm. Tight end. Who are you playing for cash? I would really like to get up to Zach Ertz if I can. He's sixty seven hundred bucks, um, but he is the top dollars per point value at tight end. Just, just awesome volume. He's seen eleven plus targets in four of his last five games. Caught nine plus balls in four of his last five games. Alshon Jeffrey out for the season now. Looks like Nelson Aguilar is going to miss Sunday's game. So you know, the Eagles down to absolutely nothing at wide receiver. So I think Ertz should, again, be the focal point of the passing game. And he gets the Redskins, who football outsiders ranks 31st in tight end coverage. 
Yeah, certainly can't argue with Zach Ertz. I'm going to be starting with Tyler Higby at 5700 bucks as I'm building to see how much money I have left. He's coming off two straight 100-yard games. Cowboys are the seventh friendliest matchup to tight end scoring. By our adjusted fantasy points allowed. If I get to the end of the build, though, and I've got some salary left, I would love to get up to either Zach Ertz or Darren Waller versus the Jaguars. Yeah, and Waller's actually my tournament play. I feel like I've been mentioning Waller as my tournament play for a few weeks now. He hasn't hasn't had a, a big game. You know, he, he's been fine. Um, he's seen 15 targets over the last two games now without Hunter Renfro. Renfro did put in a limited practice on Thursday, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. If, if he's back, you know, I might move off Darren Waller, but another good matchup here against the Jags. Um, you know, I, I think every position is a good matchup against the Jags at this point, but uh, Football Outsiders has Jacksonville 30th in tight end coverage. Yeah, and Waller has been fine over the past two weeks. He had seven yeah. for 100 and six for 72. He's he's mine as well at 6,200. And I think beyond the Hunter Renfro situation, um, Foster Moreau hitting IR raises the the red zone and touchdown ceiling for Darren Waller. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do think in addition to those guys, if, Trav and Kel- if Travis Kelsey's ownership projection stays where it is, I'm definitely going to have to be looking at him on Sunday as I'm, I'm putting together lineups. It's in the low single digits. He's caught six-plus passes in six straight meetings with Denver. We've had lots of coaching and personnel changes in there, but also lots of the same coverage guys. And really, it's six straight meetings over, I believe that's four seasons, at least three seasons now. It includes six catches on eight targets back in week seven in the game that Patrick Mahomes left early. Yeah, a low-owned Kelsey is, is always a nice tournament play. I'll mention Ian Thomas, too. I think I think he's an option, again, with Greg Olson getting ruled out for Sunday's game. Um, you know, Thomas up a bit um, to 5,300, but you know, still, I think you know after Tyler Higby, if you need the extra $400 savings to go a bit lower, I think Ian Thomas is in play. Mm-hmm. Flex, what you got? Patrick Laird is like a legitimate option this week, I think. Um, he's 5500 bucks, so super cheap. Um, he has 15 and 20 opportunities in his last two games now you know played over 80 percent of the snaps last week he's he's basically in a feature role for the Dolphins right now and and the matchup's pretty good the Giants are 19th in Fando points allowed to running backs yeah I'll lean toward David Montgomery at 6400 he's done better on carries and touches lately than he was earlier in the season 10th since week eight in the league in carries per game 12th in opportunities per game so a safer bet for touches in a, in a matchup that should favor him getting the ball. I also think that there are so, plenty of solid to good options in the 7K and 6K ranges at receiver with mm-hmm. the bottom price-wise probably being Christian Kirk, a, a nice target floor at 6100 bucks. And DJ Moore is still undervalued at 6900 bucks. So, you know, he, he's definitely an option. Yeah, it's like they were waiting with the prices for him to have a kind of disappointing week like he did last week against the Falcons. And they're like, see, let's get him back down into the six. Yeah, exactly. So let's, we'll, we'll take advantage of it again. Defense, what you got? I like the 49ers. I mean, you know, it's a bit more than I like to spend, but 4500 bucks. I feel like they're a bit underpriced. Like you have the, what is it, the Patriots up at 5000 the Eagles at 4900 I think the Niners deserve to be up there. Um, I mean, they, they do have some injuries on defense. Richard Sherman's going to miss this game. D Ford, one of their better pass rushers, is probably going to miss this game. But I, I still think it's a, a mismatch between you know this pass rushing unit, even without someone like D Ford, and the Falcons. Atlanta ranks 26th in Pro Football Focus's pass blocking grade. So I still think the Niners a good sack bet here. And, you know, with pressure comes turnover opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Falcons could score 27 points in this game and still turn it over three times and allow six sacks. So I, I agree right. with plenty of upside, no matter who's out for the Niners. And for what it's worth, D Ford's been playing through injuries all season. He's been hurt since the, the summer. So I think they still have plenty 
up front. Others worth a look, the Chiefs at 3,900. Second in our FanDuel dollars per point, they've got the Broncos. They allowed six points, 205 total yards at Denver back in week seven. They sacked Tom Brady three times last week. Projected for a high ownership, so I don't love them in a tournament lineup. I think they're worth fading there, but but solid for cash. And I think if we do want to go cheaper, then Washington at 3,500 has some upside against the Eagles. Uh, obviously, we like Zach Ertz's chances of scoring here, but... <laughs> They also, as you mentioned, don't have a whole lot at receiver. They have not been doing a whole lot scoring-wise or yardage-wise for a while. So there's upside to Washington in the matchup. Yeah, and the Eagles are also going to be without their right tackle, Lane Johnson, in this game. So that that helps Washington, obviously. Mm -hmm. Any other defenses? Nope, that'll do it. That's going to do it for this week 15 edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full week 15 rankings complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections and mess around with the lineup builder tool to try to try to win yourself some money. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the next round of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShoutDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.